I can't think of a a better litmus test for whether someone's going to be good at doing that on the job because that's really what what the job is is solving problems and making recommendations on what Capital One should do. University of Alabama's Colorado College of Business, it's BAM Means Business, a podcast that reveals amazing stories of most people who both inspire and make a difference in our community. I'm Cole Stevens, and on the show today, Josh Smith. Josh graduated undergraduate here at Alabama with a mechanical engineering degree, as well as an MBA focusing in finance. He eventually ended up at Capital One in their Washington, D.C. office and visited to help other students train for interviews with Capital One. Here's our conversation with Josh Smith. Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. So I know it's a busy uh, month right now. We're in the month of March. What brings you back down to campus uh, during this time? There's no football going on, right? No football, sadly enough. And I managed to squeeze right in between the the last basketball home game and the beginning of the SEC tournament too. So um, I'm just here trying to spread some information about Capital One. I think there's a lot of opportunities at Capital One that are available that the average student at University of Alabama doesn't know of right now. And vice versa, I think there's a lot of really qualified, smart students at, at Alabama that Capital One would be really interested in recruiting. Yeah. So let's start off like where you were born. So you said before you were born in Knoxville, Tennessee, correct? Born in Florida, grew up in Knoxville, Tennessee. There yeah, you I go. Moved there shortly after I was born. So Tennessee, uh, there's a some non-named school that is up there. What made you choose Alabama of all places? Yeah, well, I actually wasn't a huge UT fan growing up. Uh, everyone is there, obviously. Um, I had lived in Knoxville pretty much my whole life, and so I knew that I wanted to experience something new for college. So I was looking at uh, out of town and out of state schools and actually ended up coming down to my final two of Alabama and Auburn. Uh, it's funny to to think back on that now, um, but was applying to college during the, the 2011 football season. I can actually remember watching the national championship and getting pretty excited and it seemed pretty fun to come to Alabama. So um, didn't think too much about it. Yeah. And obviously, you got your undergrad in mechanical engineering. What Joe drove you to become that kind of crazy engineer vibe when you were an undergrad <laughs> here? Yeah, I was I was always better at math than other subjects. And I feel like it's a pretty common experience that if you're if you're good at math, then you're told you should be an engineer. And kind of along the lines of not thinking too much about where I wanted to go to college, I didn't think too much about what I wanted to major in, I knew that math was kind of my strong suit and people always joke about engineers make a lot of money and that was enough for me to sign up for engineering. Um, you know, took close to me graduating to really think about whether I enjoyed engineering and wanted to do that as a living. I did a few internships during college, but um, ended up not being a traditional engineer. Yeah. Uh, and you participated in the STEM path to MBA program, which yep. Alabama is very unique for offering that. Yeah. So you graduate undergrad in mechanical engineering, and then you have to choose what you want to do in your MBA. What did you choose and how did you choose that? Yeah, uh, super fortunate to to be a part of the STEM MBA program. I think it started the year before I, I came to Alabama, um, took some business classes during undergrad, 
realized I kind of liked those more than the engineering classes I was taking alongside and had a few options of what I wanted to specialize in during my one year of grad school. Uh, Ended up choosing finance because it seemed to me like a pretty good application of a lot of the, the quantitative studies and math that I've been doing for five years, but a pretty different application, getting to think about that in a business environment instead of a you know, physical sciences environment. So you worked through your year of grad school. And uh, I also forgot to ask, what were you involved in while you were at undergrad grad school here at Alabama? Yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things I was involved with was Tuscaloosa Young Life. So that's a middle school, high school ministry that is at a few schools here. Um, I led at Tuscaloosa Academy, okay. which was super fun. So I had a group of guys that I was friends with and got to hang out with from the time they were freshmen in high school to when they graduated. Um, also worked when I was in school. I worked at the alumni office. So okay. between those two things and, and school, I had most of my time taken up. Oh, yeah. Pretty, pretty intense right there. And I'll come full circle to your graduating uh, grad school. Obviously, your MBA is complete and you got to look for a job. Uh, your undergrad is in mechanical engineering, but yet you ended up in Capital One. Could you sort of tell us story behind how you got there? Yeah, I actually, I didn't apply to any engineering jobs. I kind of applied to a variety of different things. But Capital One was one of those things because I had a friend a year ahead of me in school who went to Dallas and worked at Capital One. And so I had a conversation with her early on in my my graduate year where I got to hear about what the business analysis campus program was like at Capital One. It sounded really cool. Um you know, I was I was certainly a little bit overwhelmed because I felt like Capital One is this national brand and was surely going to be pretty competitive. And also the the recruiting and interviewing structure is case interviews, which is not really common in engineering. So I didn't have a lot of experience there, mm-hmm. um, but came away just really impressed and excited and hopeful that maybe that was something I could get involved with and the recruiting timeline is pretty early for Capital One. So I had that um, finished really by September, October of my last year. So I got to, I got to accept that offer early on and enjoy the last, uh, you know, six or eight months of college. Yep. And then after you graduate, where did you end up living or where did Capital One ended up placing you? Yeah, I work in the McLean, Virginia office, Capital One. It's the, it's their headquarters right outside of Washington, D.C. So I actually get to live in D.C., which is cool. Pre-COVID, it was probably about a, a half an hour commute in the morning and about an hour in the evening. Um, have not commuted since COVID started. We're not back in the office yet. So uh, I have a lot of that time back, but have really enjoyed going to D.C. I didn't know D.C. well at all before I moved there, and I I didn't really know people that live there either, but it's just been a huge blessing to get to know a new city and especially a city that has as much going on as DC and um, as many unique things to do. Now, you did make a little reference to this when you're talking about your own uh, interview process and getting placed in a Capital One, getting that offer, but the interview process being very unique in the sense of it wasn't a traditional like you know, round interview kind of thing, sit down, look at a resume. Mm-hmm. It was more of a hands-on, correct me if I'm wrong about that. Yeah, no, that that's exactly right. It's when you have case interviews, it, it's more of a performative interview process than a, you know, t- 
tell me about a time you dealt with a conflict, um, for better or for worse, but it's a case is usually a made up, but realistic business scenario with some sort of business problem that needs to be solved. And it's the candidate's responsibility to kind of walk through the available data and ask questions and do calculations to try to get at what the right answer is. Um, there's not always a right answer, which is part of what makes it interesting, but usually you're delivering some sort of recommendation on what Capital One or what this theoretical company should do in the situation. It's really a good way for an interviewer to feel out, you know, how does this person think about problems? How does this person communicate uh, a story and a recommendation, which I can't think of a a better litmus test for whether someone's going to be good at doing that on the job, because that's really what what the job is, is solving problems and making recommendations on what Capital One should do. Now, you're talking about your own process. Obviously, you spent uh, two-year rotations, so you spent a year in each uh, position. That would be an analyst. And what was the other one? Yeah, so the, the program is called the Analyst Development Program. It's one of Capital One's many campus hiring programs, but it essentially set me up in a role where I knew ahead of time that I was going to be placed in a role for a year and then after a year rotate to another role for a year. Um, at the end of year two, you kind of have the option to stay on that second role or go find something else within Capital One. But it's a really cool program because it allows you to see, in my case, it was two very different roles. And I got a sense for what I liked and what I didn't like without having to be locked in to a role for a long time. I actually ended up really liking the second role and I'm still not not doing exactly what I was doing for the second year, but pretty close uh, in that space. Awesome. And do you mind sharing what you're doing now in your current role? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on one of our US card teams. I help build the lending policy associated with uh, one of our card portfolios. So we do a lot of work to figure out, you know, hey, what's the optimal like lending rules that we should have for customers, which is kind of an ever-changing question to answer, especially as we've seen over the last two years. You know, economics have been all over the place with COVID and unemployment skyrocketing and the market reacting and then even things as recent as, you know, the market being all over the place with the Russia-Ukraine stuff. It's it's a problem that is never completely solved. Um, but trying to balance, you know, what's best for Capital One from a profitability perspective and what's right for our customers as well. Now, coming back to campus, obviously, like you said, you're in the middle of a dead season for Alabama, not crazy amount of activities going on. Uh, and you're working virtually right now, which I think allows mm-hmm. you to travel a little bit more, a little more freedom of travel. Definitely. Uh, coming back, obviously, you're not crazy removes from campus life. You're not crazy, you know, already got a family, anything like that. <laughs> but you want to provide sort of the next generation of applicants, uh, employees of Capital One, who might not know what a process is like going through it, because I think it's very foreign until you start applying what's looking like, like we talked about before, the case style interview is very unique, mm-hmm. uh, not encountered by many companies, because it takes a lot of human effort to get that done. There's a lot of, you know, preparation that's going to these interviews. When you came back, what do you want to really share with the students about how to prepare, how to get ready, and why Capital One might be a great destination for an employer? Yeah, definitely. So I felt like during my time at Alabama that the most exposure I got to 
companies that were hiring were things like job fairs and career fairs, which tend to be really, you know, saturated with companies that are geographically close, which makes sense, right? Because those people are coming over to do those things in person. But when it came time for me to, you know, choose a career and apply to jobs, all the things I was most excited about were things that my friends were involved in, or I knew someone who was doing that thing. And so I, I think there are certainly probably people like me in that situation coming up on, you know, junior, senior year of college who may be interested in something that is not super present on campus and not a company that traditionally hires a ton of Alabama grads uh, every year. So trying to set up some meetings with specific student groups. Um, I'm actually talking to the STEM MBA program tonight. I'm meeting with uh, Management Consulting Academy tomorrow, and we've set up some times for students to come in and have one-on-one coffee chats. So just trying to give a little bit of an overview of what's available at Capital One, what kinds of things do I need to do to prepare for the recruiting process, practicing case interviews, just trying to, you know, help people find out what's what's out there. Yeah. And coming from obviously Knoxville, uh, being born in Florida, you sort of have that, you know, southeastern bias in a way. Uh, I yep. myself am from Colorado, so a little far yep. out of state. Uh, geographically, I think you had a good point that a lot of companies stick to where they're from, what you know, universities are by them. I think the virtualness of this current world, a lot of people are doing a lot more virtual interviews, for example. Do you see that being a trend in the future where a lot more companies are expanding their search and their sort of their their net a lot wider now because of this trend? Yeah, definitely. And not just in where they're recruiting, but where employees live. You know, we've we've been virtual for two years now, and I have quite a few personal friends who no longer live in DC and probably don't plan to move back to DC. Um, I think COVID and everyone's experience being able to do things remotely and doing things virtually has probably changed the way that a lot of industries, especially a lot of white collar industries that where where all the work is done on computers, <laughs> um, it's probably changed the way those operate forever. I don't know what the new normal is going to be for Capital One yet. We haven't gotten there yet, but I would be very surprised if we ended up going back to work full time. Um, and I certainly know that the people who want to keep working there, who don't want to live in DC or Richmond or Dallas, where these other capital, big Capital One offices are, they won't have to. When we're looking at trends for the future uh obviously i just want to put on your thinking cap like sort of what you experienced yourself yeah working from home working virtually takes a lot of responsibility it takes a lot of self-motivation did yourself do you find yourself struggling with that or how did you really set a good routine for yourself to be successful and to still succeed while working from home when you were sort of forced to transition virtually yeah you, you know you're absolutely right that it requires some sort of uh, personal initiative to make sure you're getting all your work done. It was kind of funny to see the progression of how everything turned out in hindsight, because in March 2020, when we went virtual, I think most people were under the impression that it was going to be, you know, a week or two before we went back to work and kind of felt like a snow day in some respects for 
getting to stay at home with my roommates who also worked at Capital One. And so we kind of worked in the living room and got to hang out and talk a lot more. But it didn't take long to realize that, hey, this is going to stick around for a little bit and we're actually going to have to figure out how to be effective. Um, you know, one of the the biggest things that you lose working remotely is kind of the team aspect of of working with other people. You miss out on a lot of uh, energy that you would get from just from being around other people who are working on similar things and trying to answer the same problems. Um, you, you also kind of miss out on a lot of the side conversations that make work fun and more enjoyable. Um, you know, of course, there are trade-offs in that everyone can manage their own schedule better. You you don't have to spend an hour and a half commuting to and from work. You get time back. And um, I, I know everyone feels differently about it, but it has, certainly has been an exercise in, you know, hey, I can't, I can't sleep till 10, even if I could get away with it, because I won't be able to get my work done. Right. I think it's definitely, you know, setting those positive reinforced kind of routines to help you out with those spacing, everything like that is definitely key. Like time management is probably one of the biggest skills you learn in, in college, at least yeah. for myself, you know, coming from high school, it's like, hey, I gotta get up this time, you got school for like seven hours, then in college where it's more like, Hey, you got a class for an hour here, hour there. Like we're going to do in between. You can either study or you can go sleep. You should probably study, but sleep sounds really important right now. Yep. Uh, looking back at your own time in college, obviously everyone has specific memories that they really look back and you know smile upon. Are there any ones that really stick out to you while you were here as a student? Yeah, there, there are a lot of them. Um, you know, I, I think the feeling that I miss most about college is just having all your friends in one place with relatively flexible schedules. Cause like you said, you know, you have class that you usually go to, but outside of that, people kind of have total freedom over how they spend their time. And so I miss being able to have impromptu gatherings with friends where you sent out, you know, just a blast about having a fire or something or getting together at someone's house. Um, you know, the biggest thing though, that I miss about Alabama has got to be fall Saturdays. It's just not the same watching games on TV. And I'm thankful that I can watch every single game, but, uh, especially living in, you know, the mid Atlantic or the Northeast, there are certainly college football fans, but it's not like it is down here. And I miss being able to you know, wake up and watch game day and head to the quad and hang out and hit a couple tailgates and then go see the game in person. And that's something I get asked about a lot when people find out I went to Alabama. They just want to know, man, what was what was Saturday like in a football game? And I have a lot of fun telling them. Oh, it's a great experience. Always a share. It's going to stick with you for the rest of your life. Uh, going back, obviously looking back your time, you're only a few years removed from college yourself. Mm -hmm. What advice would you give to someone who's in college right now who maybe is trying to figure out where they want to go uh, job-wise or career-wise? Yeah, definitely. I, I think the advice I would give is that, you know, four years or five years or more than five years, uh, in my case, of college feels like a long time, but it, it's it's not really. It's going to be over quick. And I think that if you're not pretty intentional about trying new things and not missing opportunities, you can have some regrets when you get out and and start working. Uh, and so I think the advice I would give is, you know, do everything, try to do everything, do well in school, don't worry about doing perfect in school, try new things, do things that you're uncomfortable with. Um, 
work on being able to communicate well that will serve you well no matter what you do as your career um really enjoy you know the time you have with friends and uh i think i would aim to feel pretty exhausted by the time you get done with college uh because you know i, I don't remember the the days i stayed in and and had a chill day as much as as enjoyable as that is i remember you know the times we did something fun or I went and tried something I'd never done before. Yeah. I think we mentioned this or before we were talking and press the record button here, you mentioned uh, as a mechanical engineering undergrad, how you don't use that degree whatsoever. And that capital one doesn't really care what your education is. It's more about who you are as a person who you can, you know, be as an employee. Is there any words of wisdom you might give someone who doesn't think they want to go into the field that they're actually studying? Yeah, uh, you're certainly right that I don't, I don't directly use a lot of the specific things that I studied in engineering. I do think I use some of the skills that I built, uh, you know, being able to you know, like hold a lot of pieces of a problem in your head and do quantitative things and, you know, be able to structure an issue or a problem in a way that, that gets you to a solution. And I think that's got to be true for lots of other majors as well. Um, you know, unless you're a doctor or a nurse or maybe an engineer is actually an example of this, I would say a lot of people end up doing things that don't require, you know, the formal education that you get with your major. It's more about how do you build, you know, kind of your, your toolbox of skills. That's Josh Smith with Capital One. And thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you're not a subscriber, do subscribe to our podcast wherever you get yours. And of course, check out our website at culverhouse.ua.edu to learn more about the Culverhouse College business and what it has to offer. And as always, roll tide.